On the next Lucifer, the Prince of Darkness steps into the kitchen with Rachel Ray to make snickerdoodles. Oh, these are just sinful. Jennifer Aniston stops by to discuss her new project. You're still just so adorable, you know that. I'd watch you in anything. Plus, funny headlines. Dead body found in morgue? Oh no, not the morgue. All on the next Lucifer. Hey, it's better to rule in midday syndication than to serve in heaven. Today at 3 on SVN. This is the Sarcastic Voyage podcast. Featuring the Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. So YouTube recommends to me the Spanish-language version of Transformers the movie. Oh, sure. Because YouTube knows me so very, very well. (laughs) So you like Transformers, eh? Well, have you considered liking Transformers in Spanish? The thing is, I am a huge fan of anything that's... uh, Anything I'm familiar with in another language, but particularly Spanish, because I took a bunch of Spanish. So you can... I can kind of understand... Do, like, a vague approximation of it. Right. And, uh, you know, Transformers, I know you're not a fan. I won't go too much into the, the, the details of it. But it's, a you know, being an 80s cartoon, there's always people yelling at each other, calling them fools and idiots and so forth. Sure. And they just keep using the same estupido for that. <laughs> which is really too bad, because, you know, you you idiotic fool! I'll destroy you! You know, that, no, estupido, estupido, estupido. And, of course... Start uh, screaming, well, estupido. And, uh, of course, El Thrusto. <laughs> <laughs> ah. And, of course, at the center of it all, the, the, the big, big villain they got, they got, they got Orson Welles to play him in the uh, American thing. And uh, I'm pretty sure the Spanish-language version is just Bumblebee Man. Ay, 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 no me gusta Optimus Prime. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. I miss doing I just, that. I picture, like, uh, like, I picture them all as the Autobots, but wearing, like, Mexican wrestler masks. Oh, exactly. El Optimicio Supremo. And then, I see, I don't know enough about that, that world to really know. Like see, what, I don't know enough about Transformers. We should combine our efforts. Yes, like some sort of a gestalt. There you go. We'll be the gestalt. Right. No, see, that's what they call the Transformers that combine into one big one. Oh. It doesn't matter. Not, none of this matters. It doesn't matter. And now, the adventures of Nick and Willikins. Yeah, hi, it's me. Listen. Yes, I know the bit's already started. Did you write this narration on a dare or what? This entire page-long first paragraph is one sentence. Did you even try reading this out loud when you... Am I saying, of course you didn't. So you're ripping off Charles Dickens for the intro. I'm going to take a wild stab and say that Dickens never wrote for radio. Oh, I'm sure the audience would have loved your clever allusions to 1800s literature. I mean, who doesn't? But why don't you let me do this, okay? All we need are a few basic facts. Nick is the wealthy English twat. Willikins is his butler. They're currently on holiday in the United States. There. Done. I love you too. Bye. Come on, Willikins! You must hurry or we'll miss the Piccadilly Circus! 
I do so love seeing the elephants. Sir, I don't even... You don't even what? You must remember to finish your sentences, Willikins. Don't stand for that sort of mangling the English language here in America. Uh, where to even begin? You're about to start on one of your long-winded rants, aren't you? The ones that start with, it's just... I know it. It's just... This! You see? You see? You should owe me a pound for that. It's just that when you said we were coming to America, I thought perhaps we'd see some American things. New York City, perhaps, or Los Angeles. You know, those two places are very different to one another, I've heard. Indeed, sir. Instead, we've managed to spend an entire week in this tiny amusement park. Well, what's wrong with being amused? Sir, this establishment is a mockery of all that we hold dear. I shan't have you bad-mouthing England, Willikins. It's the most brilliantest place on Earth. Hello, Governor. Spot of tea, then. <laughs> Willikins! Give it to me with this Welsh corgi! I'm an English bulldog, I am. <laughs> You're bloody delightful is what you are. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do you work here? I can assure you, Master Nick works neither here nor, in fact, anywhere. It's just... your accent. It's really impressive as all. Oh, what? Willikins, did you hear that? My accent is impressive. Yes, sir. You've impressed a fake English resident of a fake English-themed park with your actual English accent. Bravo. There, there's your picture taken. I shall let you get back to your duties, Mr. Bulldog. Toodle pip! God save the Queen! What a delightful notion! God should save the Queen, don't you think, Willikins? And perhaps me whilst he's at it. I'll not hear your continuous badmouthing of this place, Willikins. It's a sacred piece of home soil in this most strangest of lands. So it's a mishmash of double-decker buses driven on the wrong side of the street, fake medieval pubs, and people saying jolly good for no apparently good reason. Or just cross because you've never had a jolly good time in your miserable life. There's no reason to deprive these people of theirs. Now, about that hound you owe me. I haven't any British currency whatever, sir. You made me trade it in for these park-only tokens that look like our money, only instead of the Queen they have a picture of the park mascot on. I shall not hear any ill of Uncle Bob. That's wordplay, you see. Because Bob's, Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. Yes, of course. Do you get it? I do, in fact, get it, sir. Ah, well, good. You're not a complete waste, then, are you? Willikins! I've just had a brilliant idea. This generally signals the start of something I'll regret. I want to open up in England, Lind. At home. At home? You mean in England? That's right. Astoundingly, this is only the fifth or sixth most ridiculous idea you've had on this visit. Will Nick actually open an England-themed amusement park in England? How much more meta could all this get? Find out in the next Anglo-centric episode of The Adventures of Nick and Willikins! Sarcastic Voyage has embarked on a modest undertaking to chronicle the entirety of human history in sketch form. Join us as we uncover the mysteries of the past in our ongoing feature which we call History. It's not as good as it used to be. In 1803, President Thomas Jefferson purchased over 800,000 square miles of land from France for less than three cents an acre. 
To map this newly acquired territory, Jefferson turned to his personal assistant, Meriwether Lewis. Mr. President, plans for our unprecedented exposition to the West are well underway. I have gathered the personnel, which includes my good friend, Second Lieutenant William Clark, and have nearly finished loading the crates of whiskey and laxatives required for a journey of this magnitude. Wish us luck. Meriwether Lewis, May 1804. Dear Mary, whiskey and laxatives, eh? I hope you realize this trip isn't just for shits and giggles. Tom. Mr. President, we have now officially crossed into uncharted territory, into which no American citizen has ever traveled. We have, per your instructions, begun cataloging the unique flora and fauna of this region. One unforeseen obstacle in this task, naming things is hard. Please find enclosed descriptions and illustrations of the quick fox, the brown fox, the quick brown fox, the eastern fox squirrel, the western fox squirrel, squirrel fox, fox squirrel, squirrel fox, the long-tailed weasel, the weasel-tailed fox with squirrelish bits, the muskrat, the musk fox, and the buffalo. Scratch that last one. Please also find enclosed a gift from us to you. Meriwether Lewis, July 1804. Mary, I am in receipt of your gift. Why you felt the need to send a dead, foxy gopher fox to your commander-in-chief, I couldn't say. Maybe poke some holes in the parcel next time. TJ. Well, Mr. President, we have set up camp for the long winter to come. The men seem to enjoy fraternizing with the local Mandan Indians, and apart from the attacks by grizzly bears, see enclosed, it looks to be a peaceful winter. Some of the men seem to have contracted venereal diseases for some reason, but it's nothing we can't handle. As we have since run out of cure-all thunderbolt laxatives, I have been treating them with the next best thing. Delicious mercury. We'll write again when the snow clears, and we resume our expedition. Meriwether Lewis, November 1804. Uh, P.S. Would you mind terribly not calling me Mary? It really undermines my authority when the others see these correspondences. Mayor, I had no idea you were so sensitive about your name. You and Clark are so close, I just assume... Well, never mind. It's not like there are any women on this expedition, is all I'm saying. Tommy. As it happens, Mr. President, we have acquired a woman to join us on the next leg of our journey. There has been some debate as to what her actual name is. Some call her Sacagawea... Others favor Sakawija, and one confused corporal insists on addressing her as a fox-tailed Shoshone fox-fox. Hopes are high for us as we resume our mission. That Northwest Passage won't elude us for much longer, sir. Then maybe we can go looking for the Fountain of Youth, or Shangri-La. Meriwether Lewis, April 1805. I can never tell when you're being sarcastic. T. Mr. President, our native guide, Sagajawea, has fallen quite ill. As our supplies of both laxatives and mercury have been depleted, I turn to that most sensible of medical treatments. Bleeding her out. Now that didn't work, so I had to drink sulfur. Still nothing. It's almost like the cutting edge of 19th century medicine is a bunch of meaningless bunk. Meriwether Lewis, August 1805. P.S. That last bit was sarcasm. One day we'll have an easier way to indicate ironic speech. 
I must remember to invent one after I finish drafting important historical documents, revolutionizing agriculture and architecture, and oh yes, ruling over the country you serve. Now that was sarcasm, my boy. My best, Thomas. Mr. President, today I got shot in the thigh by one of our hunters. Apparently he mistook me for an elk. So it's been a pretty great day for me. Meriwether Lewis. Lewis and Clark did finally reach what is now Oregon in late 1805. Lewis wrote that, Though they were completely out of all known medical treatments, the entire expedition appeared to be in excellent health. He called this an odd coincidence, but it is not known whether or not this remark was meant to be taken sarcastically. The following spring saw their triumphant return to the east, but nobody wants to hear the story of the trip home. Ariel! Hey! Ariel! Excuse me. Time's New Roman, is it? The name's Helvetica, not Ariel. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Of course, it's Helvetica. It, it's just that, you know... It's, it's just that all Sanserifs look the same to you. What? I... Uh, no, I just meant that it... it... <laughs> oh, boy, I really had you there, didn't I? Oh, thank God. Uh, so we're cool? We're cool. Well, my horrible faux pas notwithstanding, this is a pretty swanky party, wouldn't you say? All the top drawer fonts are... <laughs> Looks like you spoke too soon, Times. Oh, no, not him. Who invited Comic Sans? Woo! Let's get this party started! Hello, I'm Orson Welles. You may have noticed that I have stayed out of the limelight since the mid-80s. What has Orson been up to, you may find yourself wondering. Well, I am, as I always have been, an aficionado of the cinema. Although I have to say that television has become quite the impressive medium these days, much improved from the claptrap of my day. I spend a good deal of my time on Netflix, watching marathon blocks of Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead, and my personal favorite, Sherlock. As I watch this program, I begin to wonder if other people perceive the obvious sexual tension between the titled character and his long-suffering sidekick, John Watson. And that's when I discovered Tumblr. It turns out that many people ship Sherlock and Watson as I do. They're not just my OTP, apparently, but many people's. Discovering the headcanon of other cumber bitches such as myself was a delight. The feels were just extraordinary. I mean, I don't even... So if you're at all interested in reading about my alternate universe, in which Sherlock is an infant that Watson must care for, but is also in love with, follow my Tumblr, or just send me an ask. I tend to favor wordier answers, as you might imagine, so please spare me the TLDR, because I wouldn't give any of the fucks. Not one. Not one.
Mr. Miller? Uh, hi. Yes, I'm... I'm Mr. Miller. Good afternoon, sir. I'm Tony, your Jiffy Lube technician. Ah, uh, hi, Tony. So, we ran the full 30-point inspection on your vehicle. Have a look at your air filter here. Uh, oh, oh, uh, that looks pretty bad. It's actually quite clean for a vehicle at your mileage. Oh. So, you won't need to change that. Now, this... Uh, this is your catalytic converter. Converter? Yeah, of course. It looks like it's taken a lot of punishment. Do you lock your CT when you're in cruise control? Well, I mean, I... I don't think I do. We may need to replace this converter, sir. Or at the very least, flush it with CXBF-20. Uh, of course. Whatever you think is best. Now, this... This is your EPS conduit. We need to run a level 1 diagnostic to be sure, but it looks like it'll need some realignment. We should probably have a look at your antimatter inducers as well. When was the last time you had your Heisenberg compensators looked at? Well, I've, I've had the car since August, so I probably... I mean, I've definitely had... Uh, sir, there's something you need to know. Yes? That wasn't even your air filter, sir. It came out of a Toyota Camry that got here before you. That other thing that wasn't a catalytic converter, it was a restroom key. And that last one, that was from Star Trek. Oh, God. I don't know anything about cars. That's, that's why I bring my car here and pay you to look at it. Why are you doing this to me? Well, to tell you the truth, none of us finished high school. Apart from our encyclopedic knowledge of the workings of automobiles, most of us are clinically brain dead. And we have very small, like impossibly small, penises. You drive an expensive car, which means you probably have a nice job, which means you probably went to college. It's important, in some basic, primal way, for us to assert our masculinity over someone. I have to tell you, your sudden honesty is kind of refreshing. Shut up, college boy. One fifty-eight p.m. at 97.7 SVFM. I'll hit 98. Pet Chat is next, but first this news update. Archaeologists in Mesopotamia have discovered ancient scrolls that indicate that Western civilization has been using the numeral 2 in error for the past few thousand years. Scholars interpreting the scrolls claim that a symbol more closely resembling a shark should be used in the place of 2. This is SVFM. It's... oh god, it's shark p.m. in the afternoon and it's time for Pet Chat. With me, your guest host, Aaron Fawcett. Pet Chat's regular host, Alabama Strange, has apparently taken ill, something I'm sure has nothing to do with her outspoken beliefs on the alien attacks during 9-11, which she enthusiastically discussed on this show last week. In any case, we have a uh, hopefully quick show for you today, so let's get right to the phone lines. Alabama? No, this is Aaron on Pet Chat. How can I help you? Alabama, my little Kevin's been spitting up and down the church basement these last shark months, and I'm at my wit's end over here. Is there any... thing you can do to help? Well, first of all, it's Aaron. Sharkingly, Mrs. Kevin owner lady, have you considered... Oh, uh, let's see, where's that cheat sheet? Ah, ah, 
Uh, spaying and neutering your pet. Kevin is my son. Okay, so neutering then. Get on that. Next caller, pet chat with Aaron Fawcett. Not Alabama Strange. Also, no calls about your damn kids. That's kids call in at three with Aloysius St. Peck. Jesus, parents, wait like an hour. Aaron, this is Red Douglas. Uh, of course it is. What can I do for you, Rat Douglas? Well, now, as you may or may not know... Rat, I... rat, 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 everybody in town knows that you have a basement full of over 85,000 super rats. What is your question? Well, if that's the way you're gonna be, this question was actually about the small family of salamanders I've been trying to build a home for, but I never... Oh, don't be mad, Rat Douglas. Everyone knows salamanders are the rats of the sea. Go ahead, next one. Aaron, this is Bamcock from Bridget Jonesdery. I have a question regarding my paraquete and how to get him to sing. Well, you know, some birds aren't really known for their singing, Bamcock. Uh, see if yours takes an interest in mathematics, or perhaps the fine arts. That's a glorious suggestion, Aaron. My paraquet has always wanted to be an architect. Alright, next up it's Tabernathy from Chartles Quay, Denver. Go yeah. Jeremy, I've been having cinders on my protopossum for far too long now. It's, it's, it's possible to remove these safely on your mind. I don't know what the hell you just said, but according to my notes, uh, you should bathe the critter in a long salve or something like that. Uh, then give it a high five. Hmm, or a high C. The, uh, the writing's a little smudged here. Thanks, Aaron! Don't thank me. Or do. Whatever. We'll be right back after this word from what? Fluffy dog dog food. And we're back! Caller Sharkty1, you're on the air with Fake Alabama. Aaron, I'm uh, trying to build a doghouse. Uh, good, good, I like your moxie. What's the problem? You see, I don't want to build a dog house. Right, well, nobody does. I want to build a house out of my dog. I see. Um, alright, well, uh, you're gonna need a hammer. Do you have a hammer? I didn't think this was going to get technical. I want a simple way to make this abomination. Uh, Alright, um, then I want you to take a... Uh... I don't want to take nothing. I want a simple solution to a complicated problem. Well, why don't you just put your dog on the roof and call it a day? Now, how am I going to do that? You think I'm some kind of hoity-toity with some kind of hoisty-toisty? Listen, just get yourself a ladder. Oh, a ladder. Look here, Mr. Park Avenue. I plays the shoe in Monopoly. I have neither the means nor the extremes to get myself a ladder. Do you follow me? Wow, not even a little bit. Uh, caller 73 you're on the air. Aaron, I know I'm not supposed to call now. I'm supposed to call at the night, but I can't wait. And this, this is Animal, so I figured you'd be able to answer it even though the show is different. And I don't like that the show is different. Is this the internet? Aaron, octopuses stole my babies. <sighs> Okay, okay, I can deal with this. I'm gonna need you to go out to your garage and get a ladder. Aaron, no one has ladders! What good would that do even if I somehow managed to mortgage my future and get one? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Just throw some salt on it then. It's not a grease fire, 
look, who's running this pet program here? Me or you? I think I know a little bit more about octopuses than you do. Of course, it's a grease fire. Caller 9 Thing, you're on. Hi, Aaron. I'm concerned, as we all might well be, about the economy collapsing. Oh, I think I can see where this is going. That's why I've been hoarding letters. Uh-huh. Gold will collapse, silver's not reliable, but everyone needs a ladder. Everyone needs a snake, too, but by the year Shark 1016, you'll find that... I gotta go. Somebody's trying to break into my ladder, Ben. Hey, you cyberpunks! Get out of my yard! Uh, Aaron, my wife left me. Hold on, don't hang up. Uh, is pet related? Well, sorta. I'm going to allow it. She, she left me a note that said I shouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth when I can get the sex cow for free. The hell does that even mean? Okay, so you're looking for a sex cow then, is that it? No, I'm looking for my wife. Look, it's not my fault that you're not giving your wife the sex cowing that she clearly needs. Did you just use cow as a verb? I may have. Can you explain further? Ah, uh, probably. Good enough for me. Goodbye. Aaron, I've been on hold since 4 a.m. Yeah, sorry about that. My call screener just discovered tantric phone sex. I'm calling because I have what I believe to be a portal to hell in my backyard. Or how do you know it leads to hell? Well, here. I'll hold the phone up to it and you tell me. Ah, uh, that's just a commercial for Winchester tires. I, uh, I wouldn't worry about that. Oh, well, that's kind of anticlimactic. Aaron, I was walking near the edge of the woods the other day. Well, these stories always end well. And I saw a sign pointing deeper into the woods that just said, Teriyaki. Yeah, man, I could go for some teriyaki right about now. Aaron, you don't understand. I saw the sign, Aaron. It opened up my eyes. Well, life is demanding, and... Without understanding, that's all the time we have for today. Join the show tomorrow with whatever poor sucker they get to host it then. Hmm? Oh, it's me again? Well, of course it fucking is. Shark'll do! Today's show has been brought to you by Disney Move, Not Disney Movies About Mice. <laughs> yes, it's Not Disney Movies About Nice. Wait, what? <laughs> Not Disney movies about mice on ice. See it thrice. Tonight. That <laughs> Tonight. God. Tonight. <laughs> You're the worst. Yes. Well, we have no mail here, and you know what that means. Oh. It means you're going to have to make us a mat fact. All right. Let me get into position. All right. What is All the right. position for the for the view, for the listeners at home? I am lying on my back, staring up at the ceiling, so it can inspire me. What are you wearing? Uh, okay, let's see here. Uh, Non-matching white socks, one of which has a hole in the toe so big I can fit my entire foot through it. Mm -hmm. uh, black jeans. I think that's a leg warmer. Um, yeah, almost. Okay. Okay, black jeans. Uh-huh. Uh, striped underwear. Okay. Uh, Vertical or horizontal striped? Uh, horizontal. Okay, those aren't very slimming. No, I'm a, listen, I'm aware. Okay. They're in the colors of gray with like a sort of a blue red stripe. Uh-huh. Um a belt. Mm -hmm. Uh it's reversible. 
Ooh, very black nice. on one side and brown on the other, and like, also I can reverse the uh, the buckle? Uh, the buckle, uh huh, so that it has uh, little tiny squares or nothing. Ooh, and a Mystery Science Theater three thousand T-shirt, uh huh, and a set of Logitech headphones, uh huh, and my glasses. You forgot something, Matt. Uh, I don't think so. You're wearing your wedding ring. Oh, that's right. Look at that. See, so you, you wanted the listeners to think you were single, but you're not. I'm a married man. Yep, you sure are. <laughs> now, give us a mad fact about the Easy Bake Oven. Okay, the Easy Bake Oven was first built in the late to early mid-Januaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was forged in the fires of Mount Strafatulus. Yeah. Which is in Sweden, obviously. <laughs> of course. Uh, the prototype was not actually pink. It was hewn from... Uh, Sort of a, sort of a heavy red rock, hewn, uh, and the light bulb was blessed by Zeus. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't actually a light bulb. It was like it was a crystal ball that oh. was struck by lightning. Very and nice. And you put it in the back of the uh, of the red stone oven, and mm-hmm. then you could put like like a pudding or like some kind of a of a hash in there, mm-hmm. and it would bake for up to thirteen seconds. And then there would be a uh, ear-splitting ding that was heard all throughout the mountaintops. Uh-huh. And the people would know that now was the time for the Easy Bake Oven to have finished Easy Baking. And they would come from miles and kilometers around just to taste some of the pudding or hash that came from the Easy Bake Oven. And one of the villagers would turn to the other and say, This, this is the easiest of ovens that ever we have used because we don't have the oven technology yet. And so we will christen it the EZ Bake Oven for Ezekiel Zedmore Fitzsimmons. Now they, tell took me- off, they took off the last name because it didn't sound right. Right. So you guys don't call it the EZ Bake Oven? No. We call it the EZ Bake Oven. Okay. But like anything we spell with EZ, you don't call EZ? No. Interesting. But we do stick a U in there. It's oh, yeah. an EZ Bake Oven. Right. No, that's that's umlauts. That's mm-hmm. the O with the two dots over it, which looks like someone going, ooh. <laughs> so if you want to reach us, if you want to write to us so that Matt doesn't have to flail and invent things about the Easy Bake Oven, which are obviously completely true. Yep. Uh, you can Prove reach us wrong. at sarcasticvoyage at Gmail, uh, our website, sarcasticvoyage.com. Uh, we have a store that sells shirts. We have, have some. Uh, literally hundreds of sketches that uh, you can listen to individually if you like. If you have a personal favorite, I know I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's all for now. Uh, safe journeys, I suppose. Safe journeys. This episode of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast starred Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham with Duncan Bosco, Mark Bosco, Dave Fields, Nathan Lajeunesse, Joseph Rabinson, Amanda Smith, and Jason Wallace. It was written by Ron Algar-Watt with Matt Robotham. It was produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2014. This Friday night at the Magic Bullet, half-price Lee Harvey Wallbangers, free headshots for the ladies, and groove to the styles of DJ Jack Ruby. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. That's the Magic Bullet right off Dealey Plaza in the Grassy Knoll.